0: Pastor Jones and today we want to do a faith check. We want to check on your faithfulness. We want to ask the question, are you being faithful to God? Are you being faithful in all of the ways that you're supposed to, to our great God? Well today we want to talk about it in our message and we want to share with you how we can be more faithful in our service and our devotion to God. Let's go into the message. Anybody thankful today? Anybody thankful today for our God? Anybody God, thankful on today? God, thank our God is worthy. Yes, 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 yes. He deserves our glory. He deserves the praise and the honor that we can give His holy name. Amen. 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 Lord, I you, First oh, giving. Lord, I, I, Amen. I, 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 I know we're supposed to flow in order and all this stuff, but uh, the Holy Spirit is awesome and He's great. And I just wanna, I know I can't sing, But it's my desire to worship. And I thank him for giving me that this morning because on my own I would have done it. And Mm -hmm. so I thank God for just allowing me to worship him in the song this morning. Amen. 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 All God is looking for is somebody who's willing. (laughs) Amen. Worship worshipers who are willing. Those who are willing to give him the praise, the glory, and the honor. Amen. Amen. Oh. Amen. First, giving honor to our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, and glorifying him in every way that we possibly can. Because without him, none of this is possible. Without him, we are not. Here. Hallelujah. So I thank him. And to Reverend Wanda Cudson and to all of you that are here and those who are online, amen. we bless you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ amen amen our scripture text this morning can be found in the book of Nehemiah Um, we read chapter uh, 10 verse 28 through 39 but I just want to lift up the ending of that chapter the 38th and the 39th verse as our text we will probably try to deal with the entirety of what I read but the 38th and the 39th, will use as somewhat of a foundation. Um, And it reads, A priest, a descendant of Aaron, will be with the Levites as they receive these tithes, and a tenth of all that is collected as tithes will be delivered by the Levites to the temple of our God and placed in the storerooms. The people and the Levites must bring these offerings of grain, new wine, and olive oil to the storerooms and place them in the sacred containers near the ministering priests, the gatekeepers, and the singers. We promise together not to neglect the temple of our God. Amen. Amen. But I really want to emphasize that last part of the 39th verse. We promise together not to neglect the temple of our God. Amen. I want to share today from the subject of it's time to be faithful. It's time to be faithful. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we thank you for this day, God, and we ask your, your blessings now upon us, God. God, we've asked for your spirit to come. We've asked for your glory to dwell in this place. We've asked, oh God, for you to pour down upon us a fresh feeling of your Holy Spirit, a fresh anointing, and a fresh power of your Holy Spirit. We ask, Father, that you would come in all of that glory that you have and fill this place, oh God. Use us, oh God. And I pray, God, that as you fill this place, that you fill me with the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit. Use me for your will and for your glory. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. Let your will be done in this place. We bless you. We thank you. We give glory and honor to you, God. And God, I pray that you'd open our ears and help us to listen. Open our eyes where we want to see Jesus. Then open our hearts that we might receive him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Blessed Holy Ghost. Amen. It's time to be faithful. And I know when you heard the reading of that chapter, and especially the two verses that I used as a foundation, somebody may have gotten into their mind that this is going to be a message about uh, tithing or a message about money. I'm going to ease your comfort, uh, your conscience, and, and let you know that it's not. Amen. Although that is a part of the church and that is a part of what we do, to engage the work of the ministry we give tithes and offering, but that's not what this message is about. So let your conscience be at ease. Amen. I'm not going to ask you for no money. I'm not going to ask you to contribute any extra, but just let the text speak to you. Amen. But as we look at this 10th chapter, we we come off the end of the 9th chapter. And on last week we shared and and we came off the end of that ninth chapter, it, it told us that they signed a declaration or they signed saying that they would do the things that they had heard out of the word of God. And when we saw the end of that chapter and then we flow into chapter 10 and it tells us that these are the people. And then if you look in that first verse all the way down midway, you'll see that they began to give a list of the leaders who signed saying that we will follow what the word says. We will sign our names here saying this is what we will do. They were committing themselves to following the law of God. They were committing themselves back to the word of God. They were committing themselves back to the things of God. And so we read this 10th chapter and we began to see that as they rehearsed in the the previous chapter how they had saw their ancestors and and what their ancestors had done wrong and and how their ancestors had messed up and and they rehearsed those things in the 9th chapter. And then we get to chapter 10. It's now talking about what they would do. Yes, sometimes we mess up and sometimes we, we do things wrong, but then we have an opportunity to get it together. We have an opportunity to get it right. And here we see the people have come to that place where they have this opportunity to get it right. And they're saying, we're going to cut a covenant with you, God. We're going to cut this new covenant with you, God, to follow you as we're supposed to. And it brought me back to when Abraham cut a covenant with God. And it said, when you cut a blood covenant, you had to cut the animal and you separated the animal and you put one piece on one side and another piece on the other side. And you walked between the two pieces, hallelujah. And when Abraham cut a covenant with God, it said that God came down and went between the two pieces and, and he cut a covenant with Abraham. And as he cut that covenant with Abraham, it was binding them together that they would follow what they had said in that covenant. And Abraham said that God was going to be his God and God was going to bless him and that God was going to move him forward and make him a great nation. When we think about that, God did exactly what he said he would do out of that covenant. But we see that the children of Israel in the book of Nehemiah have failed God and now they're working their way back to God. And one of the ways that they work their way back to God is by now coming to the place where they're renewing their covenant with God. They're renewing the covenant they had made generations prior. They're renewing the covenant to come back and serve God the way that he is supposed to be served. And when we see that as they do this and they began to come back and worship God. And one of the things that I understood as I began to read this text is there are times that we disobey God. And then there are times when we are obedient to God. And I've heard this thing said that, Disobedience cost us. But obedience cost us as well. The problem is disobedience costs us more than what obedience cost us. Hallelujah. That'll sink in. And it's always, uh, well, it always pays to obey God. But it never pays to disobey God. It always pays to obey God, but it never pays to disobey God. And when I began to think about that, and as we have moved through this text, we find that the people have disobeyed God and it's cost them greatly. But had they obeyed God, yes, they would have still had to pay a cost, but it would not have been as great and it would not have been as devastating as the cost they paid for the disobedience. But now that they're coming back to getting it right with God, now that they're reinstating themselves with God and they're recommitting themselves to the covenant with the Lord, they're coming to a place of obedience again with God. And yes, it's going to cost them, but it won't cost them as much as it cost them with the disobedience. And it also, it will will cost them and they will will have to pay a price. Yes, but the price won't be as high as what you'll pay living in the world. Hallelujah. And so when you think about what they're going through in and again, it always pays to obey God. I don't know about you, but I found myself sometime and I've been on the other end of disobedience with God and, and it cost me and I've been on the end of disobedience with God and it was painful and it hurts. And I've been on the end where I've obeyed God. It pays a lot better when you obey God. Hallelujah. Imagine if you're working a job, you want to work and get or be obedient and get paid by God or you want to work and be disobedient and get paid by God. The disobedient price will will hurt you more. When we think about what God is doing in our life and how God is blessing us and how God is moving us, then we've got to come to the place of understanding that it's time to be faithful. It's God's desire that every believer will be committed to his word, his will, and his work God wants every believer to be committed to his word his will and his work when you look at our text before us you'll begin to notice that in that 29th verse it told us that the children of Israel had joined together with the leaders and they bound themselves to an oath But look at the oath that they bound themselves to. They said, if we don't listen and follow as we have said we would, may a curse come upon us. Anybody signing up for that? Anybody putting your name on the dotted line for that? Anybody asking God, if we don't do what you say, then call down a curse upon us. I don't think any of us are signing up for that today. But they were so serious about what they declared before the Lord that they said, if we don't honor it and if we don't follow it, may you call down a curse upon us. And then they signed a decree. Committed to what they heard. They were committed to the word that they had begin hearing in the word of God. Remember in Nehemiah, when we saw that it said the people asked them to bring out the book of the law and began to read it to them and Ezra came out and and he began to read the book of the law to the people and to say that they began to worship God and, and they began to repent and they began to worship God and as they did so now they've come to the place of saying that we have not been honoring the word of God like we should have so we've got to now commit ourselves to what we hear they committed themselves to what they've heard out of the word of God a covenant they have cut now and that covenant is intended to show that they really mean it. When you really mean something, you're willing to put your name on the dotted line. Amen. Well, for some folk, because some folk, amen, I I think you said a little, sometimes we buy stuff and we put our name on the dotted line, and we ain't got no intentions of paying for it. Amen. I had one of my uh, friends one time, he had gotten himself into some serious trouble, and And in the meantime, while he was out on bail, he had went and gotten him a job, and and he got a little car with that, and he was talking one day, and he said something about the car, and I said, well, aren't you uh, looking at some time? He said, yeah, that's why I ain't worried about that car. I'm not going to pay for it because I ain't going to be here no way. You signed your name on the dotted line, but you were unwilling to keep the covenant that you had made by signing your name on the dotted line. But when we sign our name on the dotted line with God, We've got to be serious about it. When we sign our name on a dotted line with God, we've got to understand it's time to be faithful. It's time for us to keep the covenant that we have cut with God. It's time for us to make sure that we're doing what God is requiring of us. It's not simply knowing the word of God, but we're talking about obeying it. It's a difference when someone reads the word to you and you say, I understand. But it's when you begin to obey it. It's when you began to follow it. It's when you began to live it out in your everyday life that you really have gotten that word. We can't just keep being people who are hearing the word and reading the word and then never do anything with what we're reading or hearing. We only are better if we know and do. Amen. It's when I know the word and I do the word that I become better. It's when I know the word and I begin to implement the word in my life that I become better. It's only when my life begins to hear the word and and, and I begin to use that word in my life, that my life really begins to transition because now I'm acting on the word of God and life starts to become better for me because I've implemented the word of God. If we never do what we hear in the word of God, how do we expect God to keep blessing us? Because a lot of his blessings lie in obeying the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. We can learn all of the word that we want to, but it, it, it won't change our life if we don't put it into action. I can know that if I lift up my voice unto the Lord and cry out to him, that he will hear me. But if I never cry out to him, well, God should move on anyway. But he's asked us in his word to call upon him in times of trouble. Well, that means he wants us to call out to him. He wants us to talk to him. And if we do that, then God shows up and he blesses us. But I never experienced that if I don't cry out and call out to him. I can know all of the theology that I want to know. But it's useless if I don't obey the word of God. John 3, 16 says, so God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent his son not into the world to condemn the world, but that through him others might be saved. I can know that. backwards and forward. But if I don't do it, if I don't share it, it is it, it, meaningless. I just simply know some theology. I've got to do more than just know the word. I've got to live the word. We've got to be faithful to the word. We've got to live the word. We've got to be a part of the word. And the word's got to be a part of us. And as we are living the word in our everyday lives, we are finding ourselves being better. But it's because we're being faithful to the word of God. But not only did he say they have to be faithful to the word of God, we see that you have to be faithful to the will of God. Notice that in the 28th and the 30th verse, it says this. Then the rest of the people, the priest, or the 20, uh, then the rest of the people, the priest, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, the temple service, and all who had separated themselves from the pagan people of the land in order to obey the law of our God together with their wives, sons, daughters, and all who were old enough to understand. And verse 30 said, we promise not to let our daughters marry the pagan people of the land and not to let our sons marry their daughters. If you notice, it said that they talked about separating themselves, separating themselves. They said we're going to separate ourselves and we're no longer going to allow those pagan influences in our lives. And it said that they were separating themselves and and that they they would no longer allow these pagan people in the land to keep them from obeying the word of the Lord. Here's what was happening. Because the culture had taken over, the culture began to dictate how they lived their lives. The culture began to dictate how they responded to God. But, Jones, what that's got to do with me today. Who's dictating how you live your life? Instagram? Facebook. Who's dictating how you relate to your God? Instagram, Facebook, the culture. Are we allowing the culture to dictate to us how we worship our God? Are we allowing the culture to dictate to us if we worship our God at all? Are we allowing the culture to dictate to us if we follow the will of the Lord? We've got to be careful not to allow the pagan influences to allow or get us away from our God or to lead us away from our God. But we've got to follow God and God alone. You see, when you understand that they're going to come in and, and they said too that, they talked about selling the merchandise and things of that nature. And they said that we will no longer buy the merchandise Because they were coming in on the Sabbath and and selling. And if you knew about God's people, he said, the Sabbath day is to be holy and set apart for God. But the people were coming in and trying to sell on the Sabbath day. And and the people of of Israel, the, the people in Jerusalem, they had forgotten about the law of God and they had started buying and selling on the Sabbath day, just like everybody else. And when you understand that they began to buy and sell on the Sabbath, just like everybody else, they were leaving the law behind and beginning to follow after the pagan culture. They were leaving the law behind and beginning to follow after the ways of the people rather than following after God himself. We've got to be careful that we're not allowing the will of God to be usurped by our culture. And understand this, the reading of the word exposed the people to the will of God. It's when we read the word of God, it tells us the will of God. And when the word tells us the will of God, then we ought to follow and do the will of God. Because we understand there is a connection between God's will and God's word. Hallelujah. When God says in his word what he wants you to do, when you hear words like this, you shall do. That's not a a choice per se, but when you have a choice to follow or not to follow, but I command you this day. That's something that we are supposed to do. When you see those conditional things, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and heal the land. There's something that we have to do. The will of God is that he wants to heal the land, but it's conditional based upon his people humbling ourselves and praying and turning from our wicked ways. So if we want to be obedient to the will of God, it means we've got to humble ourselves. It means that we've got to pray. It means that we've got to turn from our wicked ways. And it means that as we do so, then God can heal the land. And then we wonder what's wrong with our land. We wonder what's wrong with the world that we live in. But how many of us are humbling ourselves and praying and turning from our wicked ways? Following the will of God. The people know now what the will of God is because they have been reading the word. Ezra has been reading the word and sharing the word with them. And they heard in the word that God didn't want them to intermarry. He didn't want them marrying into pagan nations and, and, and because they would begin to influence the people. All you got to do is look at the book of Solomon and you'll find Solomon married all of these different women from different nations and they began to turn his heart. And they began to turn him towards the other gods. But Solomon said he had to come back. Hallelujah. That's why he said, I, I, I've tasted everything under the sun. But I found out that there's nobody like my God. He had to come back because they had began to turn his heart. And he understood, if you go back to the book of Balaam and Balak and in the book of Numbers, you'll find that the way that Israel fell is because they got him to turn their hearts by intermarrying and bringing in people outside of the nation. God has a will for our lives and he wants us to live it according to his word. And He a certain way that we are to behave and there's a certain way that we are to believe. Hallelujah. And it's found in the word of God. God wants us to be holy because he is holy. That's his will. He wants us to believe that he is that he is. I am that I am. He wants to be, us to believe that he is the great God of heaven because he is. And if we believe and we behave according to his word, then we're living according to his will. We've got to stop the marriage, is what he's saying. Stop the intermarriage, which leads to idolatry. Some of us need to break up with the world. Hallelujah. Some of us need to tell the world, you know what? It's been nice, but... I don't think I want to see you anymore because you're not leading me in the right place. You know, we had some good times together, but I think it's time for you to pack your stuff and go ahead and hit the door. As a matter of fact, if you won't leave, I'll leave. We got to learn that we got to break up with the world because the world has been leading us away from God. Some of our friends that we may have to break up with because they're leading us away from God. Amen. Lights there are some relationships that we have developed in life that are not good for us. And they're destroying our spiritual walk with the Lord. And because it's destroying our spiritual walk with the Lord, it's time to break up. And so you've got to understand that even in some of our business dealings it's keeping us away from God. Hallelujah. Because they're compromising to the surrounding culture. When we compromise to the surrounding culture and and it leads us away from God how is it that we have all of these people who declare that they are God fearing men and women but yet they're doing ungodly business how is it that we got all of these people that say they love the Lord and and that they want to be holy and and all of these things but yet they're not honoring God in business and if you think about the Chick-fil-a man he he says that they're not going to work on Sunday. Amen. That's a good thing. That's a wonderful thing. The employees know that they're going to be off on Sunday. Well, how many Chick-fil-A employees go to church on Sunday? Hallelujah. How many Chick-fil-A employees are in the house of the Lord on Sunday? The man has closed down all the stores, so you got no excuse. So how many of them are actually in the house of the Lord on Sunday? And when we think about the will of God, again, his will is connected to his word. And when we understand his word, we can know his will. And when we know what his will is, we can carry it out because we are being faithful to the word of God and we're being faithful to the will of God. But not only must we be faithful to the word of God and not only must we be faithful to the will of God, we've got to also be faithful in supporting the work of God. Yes, we got to be faithful in supporting the work of God. Well, Jones, you said you weren't talking about money. I'm not. <laughs> I'm talking about what the scripture says. And it said, dude, you got to be faithful in the work of God. And if you notice, it says in that 32nd verse, all the way through the end of the chapter, it said, in addition, we promise to obey the commands and pay the annual temple tax one-eighth of an ounce of silver. And he talks about all of the things that they would give and and they say this will provide the bread of the presence of the regular grain offering the burnt offerings for the offering of the Sabbath and the the new moon celebrations and the annual festivals and and for all other holy offerings and holy days and the sin offering and make an atonement for Israel. It will provide everything that's necessary for the work of the temple of our God. The work that happens in the church, it, it, it has to be paid for. Amen. Uh-huh. When, when, when the church is a blessing to the community, it doesn't happen without resources. When the church is a blessing to the members that may find themselves in some, some difficulty from time to time, that doesn't happen without the resources. When the church is able to help somebody put food on the table, it doesn't happen without resources. When the church is able to be a, a blessing to nonprofit organizations, it doesn't happen without resources. When the church opens a building and, and people can come in and pray and people can come in and worship, it doesn't happen without resources. It says that we will promise to take care of the work of the ministry. We promise that we will supply what's needed in order for the work of God to take place. And it happens when the people understand that this is the will of God, of how they take care of not only the church, of what we do, but also how it takes care of meeting the needs that are coming from outside the needs of the world how can the church be a blessing if the people aren't willing to support the work of the ministry how can the church be a blessing if the people are unwilling to to support God's work how can the church have a worship life if the people in the church are unwilling to support the work of God amen here here's how that works. If you want to have a prayer meeting at night, you can have a prayer meeting at night because the lights are on. Amen. But if you have unfaithful members and unfaithful people and, and the, the, the work of the Lord is not being considered and it's not considered value or important, then you can only have prayer meetings in the daytime. Amen. And you might be a little cold or a little hot depending on what time of year it is. Amen. Because nobody's thinking about taking care of the work of the church a work of God it's not just about the building but this is where we gather This is where we come to worship. This is where we come to pray and to fellowship and and to sing the songs of joy. This is where we come to meet our glorious God. Even though we can meet him anywhere, we come collectively to this place to worship God. We come collectively to this place to give him glory and to give him honor. And as we engage in the work of the ministry, sometimes we are helping people with with the needs of their life. Sometimes we're helping put food on the table. Sometimes we're just helping to be a blessing in somebody's life so that they can have a decent Christmas season so that they can have a joyous Thanksgiving holiday. The church is a blessing to somebody else and we're not asking for anything in return. Now one of the things that you'll notice and you'll understand and, and you can, and you, all of you can testify, I, I feel confident saying all of you can testify to this. I don't talk about money. I don't bring money. Matter of fact, how many times have I even asked for an offering even while we were virtual? We are just doing the will of God because I believe as people, you understand the word of God and what God has said to you. And as the word of God touches your heart, you're going to follow it and be obedient to the word because you're being faithful to the work of God. It's time for us to be faithful. It's time for us to step up and do what God has called us to do. And it's not just about money, but we got to be faithful to the word of God. We got to begin to read the word of God. We got to begin to live the word of God. We got to begin to let the word of God have a resting place in our lives. We got to begin to let the word of God be the controlling force in our lives. But then we got to make sure that we're being faithful to the will of God. That we're going to take the word that we're reading and that we're going to live it out. And that's because we now know what the will of God is. And the will of God is that we prosper and be in good health. The will of God is that we be a blessing to the world that's around us. The will of God is is that we share the gospel of Jesus Christ with those that are lost and dying. The will of God is that we live a holy and righteous life before others. That they may see our good works and glorify our fathers in heaven. The will of God is that we are the people that God has called us to be. And as we are that, we began to live and do the work of the ministry. And as we do so, we will support the work of God. And as we support the work of God, we can be a blessing to the community. We can be a blessing to the world and let them know that the hand of God has just reached into their lives. And that they are blessed because God has used some people that were willing to be obedient to him and to follow his ways. Remember I said earlier that it costs you to be obedient to God, but it costs you more to be disobedient. If you think about your life and you think about the times that you've been obedient to God. And I'll use my life as an example. There have been times when I have been disobedient to God when it comes to paying my tithes. And I found out that although I was trying to hold on to something, it, it just seemed not to work. But I surrendered. And I began to give God the tithe. And I began to honor him. And some people think you're crazy. And I remember I was in D.C. preaching in a church. And, and they were in the Sunday school. And we were talking about the tithe. And, 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 you know, I said, I'm just a faithful believer that if I give unto God, That God would see me through. And a couple people looked at me like I was crazy. And he said, you know, well, you know, that ain't my way of, you know. And I said, but this is the thing for me. I discovered that when I honored God, when I followed the word of God and I honored him, he started doing more with the, the 90 than I did with the whole 100. And and, and then it came a time in in life when, you know, when you get your back really against the wall. Mm -hmm. And we were looking at foreclosure. Mm -hmm. But I kept on paying tithe. Me and my wife, both, we kept paying tithe. And, and, you know, some people would say, well, why are you paying tithe when your house note is behind it? And you need, because I believe the word of God. And I just wanted to keep on honoring God. Because his will was that I put him first. His will was that I honor him, and, and and I began to keep on doing that, and we began to keep on doing that, and you know we we got the letters, and we got the letters in the mail, and they kept saying this is going to happen, and that is going to happen, this is the date that they're going to have the foreclosure. But my God, Hallelujah! God is so good yes it would have cost me more had i been disobedient to god because we probably would have lost our house trying to make sure that we were paying and trying to make sure we keep but when i put it in god's hand by obeying his word and following his will god began to transition that thing and when he got through not only did it catch it up but we got a lower interest rate hallelujah and when you talk about God, you're being blessed more by obeying God. And yes, it may have cost me to follow God, but it would have cost me more had I not followed the Lord. And yes, it always pays to follow God because if I'd have followed my own ways and if I'd have followed the ways of the world, then I don't know how that thing would have turned out. But I'm grateful and thankful that I stayed in the hands of the Lord and I kept on following the Lord. And as God showed up and began to change things, as he showed up and began to transition the thing around and he began to turn it all around and as he made that transition he made it to the point that we came out actually paying less per month and I'm grateful and I'm thankful because I had enough understanding to follow the ways of God to know his word and to follow his word because his word is his will and keep on helping support the work of God and God Is just that kind of God. If you follow his ways, if you obey him, if you're faithful to him, he'll be faithful to you. So I encourage you today. It's time to be faithful. Because God is faithful to us. Amen. I pray that that word blessed you today and I pray that God was stirring and moving in you stirring you to be more faithful to his word, stirring you to be more faithful to his will and stirring you to support the work of God. Well, the way that we start is by accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We've got to have a relationship with God and that relationship comes when we accept his son Jesus Christ into our lives. We're gonna give you that opportunity to accept Christ into your life and begin the faith journey that God wants you to go on. Why don't you pray with me? Father, it's in the name of Jesus that I come now I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I acknowledge, oh God, that I need you to save me. I believe in your son, Jesus Christ. I believe that he is the son of God. I believe that he died for my sins. And I believe that he is now sitting at your right hand as an intercessor on my behalf. Father, I thank you and I bless you. And I ask now, God, that you would save me. Save me, oh God, from my sins. Save me, oh God, from the life that I've been living. And then, Father, I pray that you will send your Holy Spirit into my life. Fill me with this presence of your Holy Spirit. Fill me, O God, that I might be of service to your kingdom. I bless you, and I thank you, God. I accept your Son, Jesus Christ, and I thank you for saving me. Now fill me, O God, that I might be used by you for the glory of your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, why don't you drop us a line at wesleyonmain at yahoo.com? That's wesleyonmain at yahoo.com to let us know you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We want to pray with you. We want to grow with you. We want to worship with you in person. If you get the opportunity to join us at 615 Grandin Road here in the city of Charlotte, North Carolina, that's 615 Grandin Road, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28208. If you can't join us in person, you can join us in our virtual worship by going to our website, www.wesleyamazonchurch.net. Yes, you can join us online in our virtual worship by going to www. WesleyAmeZionChurch.net and you can click on the link there and it will bring you into our virtual worship service. We're grateful that you joined us today and we just ask that you continue to pray on our behalf and we will continue to pray for you that God might make both of us what he desires us to be. So until next time, God bless.